0: Welcome to Food Ed, the podcast that explores the vital role food plays in the classroom. Join us as we dive into the latest research, share best practices, and hear from experts in the field. Let's work together to create a school environment where every student can thrive. Hello, everybody. My name is Svetlana Elgard. Welcome to the Food Ed podcast. So nice to see all of you again. I'll be your host for the Food Ed podcast today, and today we have Samantha Madrigal, who is the head of schools at the Marymont Academy. Hi. Hi, Sam. Nice to see you. Hi. Nice to see you, too. Thanks very much for coming. It is such a pleasure. Read your bio. Super excited. Don't even know what to say first, but... Um, give us uh, an overview, please, and tell, give me some background. Uh, what you're currently are doing, your passion, and your favorite food. Yeah. So I was
1: born, obviously, to my parents. Um, they started a Merrimack Academy 23 years ago. They started mm. it for me and my siblings because they just weren't very pleased with schools around. And so I grew up in the early child care, history, or child care industry. Um, I started working right out of high school. And so I've been doing this for about the past 10 years. I took a little break, went to culinary school, found an absolute love for cooking. I am I am half Italian, or my dad would say Sicilian, because apparently there is a large difference. Um, and half Dutch. And so I really (laughs) like to go into my different roots and just really pull from that. And so I've always loved cooking. I've always loved entertaining, even as a little girl. And then with going to culinary school and just really finding that love and learning how to perfect and really learning how to be adventurous with it as well um, was some of the biggest takes that I took from that, that time in school. And then I went right back into the education industry and have started really, working hand in hand with our facilities and really working on um, helping children just be really well-rounded in all areas and adding more um, training and exposure for families about the impact of how different foods impact children. My oldest is six. She was diagnosed with ADHD and we have found through food changing a lot of her diet and removing a lot of things that are literally told to you to give to children, um, from her diet and how much that's affected her behavior and just her overall outlook and self-confidence as well. And so, um, that's a lot about me. Um, and then my favorite food,
0: it has to be my Bubba sauce and my homemade noodles. <laughs> Baba sauce. What is that? Is that a red sauce? It is a red, traditional red
1: sauce with ground beef and sausage. It's my baba is my grandma, so we call her baba, and so it is her special sauce.
0: You know that that's very interesting because I'm from Ukraine, and um, in baba is a grandma in Ukrainian too. Oh, cool! Yep. Yeah. So it's a uh, when you said baba, I was like. Like, Baba is Baba, like a grandma, or Baba? <laughs> so, that's very, that's, well, Ita- you know, Italian, it's a, it's a, it's a culture, right? And, and very, yep. very good. Uh, tell me a little bit about the Marymont Academy School itself. Like, how many kids do you have? What are the grades? Uh, yeah. Where are you located? Yeah, so we're in Orange County, Yorba Linda and Anaheim Hills. We currently have two
1: facilities. We start as young as six weeks old and are licensed all the way through five. But on our facilities, we also service TK and K students under the Department of Ed. Um, between both of our facilities, we are licensed for over 350 students. We are currently at around 98% capacity. So we are pretty full right now, which is really fabulous for us and just for the community as a whole. And we're, we have high hopes to be able to. To continue and expand in the near future.
0: Very good. Well, that's, that's so wonderful. So you get the little ones when they're very, very little. Yep. And so you kind of provide the nurturing and they're very, very learning, very, very early learning. Correct. Yep. Yes. Correct. Okay. Wonderful. And so, um, how do you, so how do you combine your culinary passion with the education um, is is probably my my first question. yeah, so
1: the big part of it is teaching children first of all just really listening to their bodies at that really young age and so you'll hear us even with the infants talking throughout the day so if it's time for their bottle we're explaining to them what they're eating, explaining to them all throughout the day and just constantly putting that voice into the back of their head and just really talking to them throughout the day. As they start to get older we start to introduce nutrition and we start to introduce um, how different foods can affect your body within their curriculum as well as training to family Families who are open to it as well, with just kind of giving them some examples. And a lot of it comes from my firsthand experience with my daughter, but um, just introducing it to them. And then as they grow, we do some simple cooking classes and just different things with them as well.
0: Well, you know what? That sounds amazing. I, I, I can't believe that you're doing all of that, which is wonderful. Um, I'm curious to ask... Uh, focus for me on the how you're educating the kids on food um, early on. Like, do you have uh, is it curriculum? Is it um, touch and feel? Like, what what are you exactly doing to familiarize the children with the foods, and how do you help them and teach them about the foods? And is your staff? trained like to do that do you guys i mean i want to kind of come the full circle yeah. and focus on the food part because i want to understand what you're doing cuz i think actually um what you're doing is is setting them up to be very successful in the grade school and to have some knowledge and understanding of food from the very, very early, even, you know, very, very early. So I want to, I want to hear how you're doing it. That's super exciting, by the way, kudos to you.
1: Thank you. So we're very heavily influenced from traditional education and the Montessori philosophies. And so in doing so, we really pick up on what children are interested in. And throughout the past few years, right before the pandemic hit, we actually opened at our Anaheim Hills location and we're set to do construction this year at our Yerba Linda facility as well. But we created an outdoor classroom certified by the Nature Association. And so by entering that into into our playgrounds and into our facilities, we have outdoor gardens. And so we're able to help wow, the children okay. garden. And so we start from seed and then we plant and then we're able to grow. And each classroom has the ability to go out there and tend to their garden, learn about the full life cycle of not only the food, but also the animals that help give us the fertilizer and just everything in those ways. And then when it's time to harvest, we harvest with them and we come inside and that is our snack for that day. And so we're able to really have them reap the benefits of what they were able able to grow in that garden and share and we talk about it and we discuss the differences between vegetables and fruit and what makes it and they always crack up with avocados and tomatoes because they always freak out. That's not sweet. It's not a fruit and just little cute things like that. With our youngest infants, obviously we're talking not nearly as much exposure for them. More for allergy reasons too at that young age but as they start becoming two to three years old they start going out into that playground and into that um, into that area, and then that's when they really get that exposure.
0: You know what? This is this is amazing. I, I'm so sold on this process. That is, I I think that that is probably one of the best uh, processes, and the the whole the really not only holistic and and not only. Educational, but fun, and that you're doing it from the ground up. You're actually telling them where the food comes from. I think that is so missing in our mm-hmm. society today. Period. So I don't know what to do. I'm going to clap for you. And I think that <laughs> I, I think I, I think that's wonderful. Please keep doing that because that is so so needed. So as you are probably aware. Uh, Every sixth child in the United States is diabetic by the age of 10 to 12, somewhere around, either diabetic or obese. And those two are quite related, as you know. What do you think would be the most effective way that we can help our next generation be a healthier one. I mean just thoughts. It's not right or yeah. wrong. Just I just wanted to hear what you think. After hearing about the garden, I want to go the next step like what do you yeah. think we what do you think as a society, as a community, we can do to actually get this not to happen.
1: Yeah. And I'm a firm believer. And so is my family in all of that. My family actually has a small farm on their house. We, they have a home in Lake Arrowhead. So they have goats, chickens, they have a full vegetable and fruit garden and an orchard. And we started that because my daughter who's six, I have a six year old and a four year old. Um, she is overweight and she is going to probably struggle with diabetes at some point in her life because it's on both sides. Her dad's and mine's side of the family. And as soon as I realized kind of looking at her intake and looking backwards after I went to culinary school and I started focusing a lot on food and, and the education behind it, I realized that by giving her those rice puffs, by giving her the rice cereal, by doing all of these things, I was teaching her body to crave these carbs and these zero nutrient food. And instead, uh, and even so much for going six ounces in her bottle versus for every three-hour feedings instead of two hours with four ounces to keep her stomach size small. And just all of these little things, we did the very American way with my older one, which was the jarred baby food, the rice cereal, and all of those things were with my youngest, and I can see the difference physically in them as well. We did the baby-led weaning. She had spears of avocado and watermelon at six months old. It was just mowing on them. She never had the, the rice cereal, and I, unfortunately, was never blessed to be able to breastfeed, so it was always formula for them, and even with that still, looking at the difference of the food intake and the difference of how we did even their bottles, you can see that large difference. And so I think as parents, the biggest thing that we could do for children nowadays is obviously the convenience factor of the fast food and the grocery store is there. But we are so lucky to be living in a society nowadays where we have access to locally grown food. We have access to organics. We have access to non-GMO. We have the ability to very easily go and get these things. Keeping those products in our children's lives and having them focused on that, removing the food coloring. My children do not drink juice. They don't, um, their birthday cakes are all white unless I use beet powder to dye them in different colors or mm-hmm. different fruit powders that we freeze dry and then grind up and different things like that. But just seeing even their ability and their within their own self-confidence and their growth within their own self-confidence and how they hold themselves against their peers has blossomed with this food change. And so just really for parents to focus mm-hmm. on Keeping it as natural and as simple as possible, starting it from really early on so that they don't know the difference. If you don't introduce those things, they're not going to want and crave those things. So it's not going to be as difficult for you as you grow and just limiting the process. And really focusing on building that. I mean, my two girls, they love spending the time in the kitchen with me. Sundays are our prep days. We're making our own little snacks for the week and prepping them and putting them into our little reusable bags and all of that stuff. And it's just building that and having that time with them and knowing and teaching them through that, how it's helping their bodies and their minds and um, and their girls. So, you know, you always say your hair and your skin and (laughs) all your little things like that is really going to have lifelong impact. And I'm excited for this next chapter because I think with my generation, we're starting that as adults, but in starting those pivots and those changes, but to see the children really growing up in that type of environment and how much more access hopefully they will have. I hope that we can see a bigger difference with them in the near future. This episode is brought to you by Rainbow Chefs Academy. Rainbow Chefs Academy provides turnkey nutrition and wellness training for schools, home-based, and after-school programs. For more information, please check the link in the show notes or visit rainbowchefsacademy.com. And now, back to the show.
0: Well, you know what you really just described is kind of a concept uh, which food is medicine. You know, if you think Mm -hmm. about it, right, you can think about food as tasty, colorful, but you could also think about food... What can it do for me? What, what are the, you know, what nutrients, how can it make me live longer, be healthier, you know, get rid of the things that uh, any kind of diseases or anything that you have or make sure you don't have any. So you're kind of going to the next, like a food is medicine. So that's very, yep. that's, that's amazing that you think that way. I think it's very, it's great. It's forward. It's the way I think it's the way it should be thought. Food should be looked at as not only only as a taste, but also, you know, what can it do for, for my body kind of a thing. My question for you is, do you guys cook your own food on the inside in the school, or do you guys have somebody that brings the food? How do you guys handle the food for the children inside your school?
1: That is my biggest disappointment to, at this time. <laughs> and really it lies with the state. And the issue is that the state of California says that if you offer food, you have to alter, offer alternatives mm-hmm. for all children's dietary needs. And I think a big part of what we're seeing nowadays with the impact of children's allergies has a lot to do with kind of everything else I just previously hit on. But with the mass amount of children allergies that we're seeing in child care centers nowadays, it's very, very limited to what we're able to offer them. So at Amerimon Academy, we're very big components of following Title 22, which is the law code that we have to follow and enforce. And one of their regulations is that if you offer food, you have to have all these alternatives. I can't charge enough money to be able to afford all the different alternatives and keep them in stock and in rotation. So unfortunately, at this time, we have asked families to bring all their own food. Um, That way, parents, one, have a bigger say in what their children eat, Mm -hmm. and two, we're able to help keep our costs down so that we're able to be more affordable for all families within our communities, um, which is a big impact. It is still a disappointment for me because I would love, and we had done this previously where we offered a lunch program that was 100% organic and it was made fresh every day from a chef um, that we brought on site. But when this regulation was starting to become really well enforced, we did have to remove that.
0: Well, I think it's a disappointment not only to you. There is a lot of issues. It's actually up in Washington at the moment. As you know, there's a lot of things. I think that, I think everybody is going through a very, hard time with with the food chain and you know i i think that each school should use local farms to source their food from you know so that way the school the food is fresh it's organic or it's locally grown it's sustainable so you're you're definitely (laughs) you're definitely not the only one going through that imagine you know bigger school districts and i mean they they They're feeling this, what you're saying. So it would be great if, uh, you know, I I hope this this podcast can serve also as creating this educational coalition where, you know, we can all do something about what we're seeing is happening and, and for things to get better you know, not only for, of course, for our next generation, number one, but also our next generation quickly becomes our community as the children grow. So I'm I'm in hope that we do that, of course. Um, And so as far as subject food insecurity, do you deal, how do you, do you guys deal with that at all uh, in, in your school site? Probably not, right, at this time.
1: Not at this time, and I think that primarily has to do with the demographics with where we are located right. in um, Orange right. County, and so we do have that benefit of being in Linda and Anaheim Hills, so we don't see that um, that much, much, but it yeah. is something that we teach to our children. So we do have food accessible for children in case we were ever to run into that issue, or even, you know, sometimes busy mom, busy dad. I can't tell you how many times we've left the lunch pail on the counter right. and <laughs> taken them just. School, so we definitely have alternatives on hand just in case yes. um yes. but primarily i we're very lucky to not have to deal with that then it would just break my heart to be very yeah. honest
0: to have to that. Yeah. well i mean it's it's a it's a subject you know that's i i ask that because it's i've seen a lot of schools deal with it and it's just you know I, i'm trying to paint a picture to see what, what actually would be the right answer. What, you know, how can we do that? How can we help uh, to kids and families that have that so everybody has a fresh uh, meal on their table? Um,
1: And I think that that would go right back to just kind of what we were talking about earlier with what's going on with legislation and everything. Some of the guidelines that schools have to follow is even if a child doesn't want something, you do have to hand it to them. And so if they don't want the banana, they're not going to eat the banana. And they tell you that you still have to open it and hand it to them. And that goes right into having food insecurity and not having enough food. Is, it's
0: such a wasteful yeah, way to do it. I was going to gonna say it. it's, a, it's a wasteful way to do it. Yeah, for sure. So when your your children, when they graduate from your school, they're five, they're going right into pre-K? Right into first grade. Right into first grade. Okay. What do you think would be maybe two or three of the biggest learnings that they would take and explore? That after being in you know in your uh, at your site and being at such a site where it really is educating you on health wellness and nutrition, I mean many many sites do not. So what would you what do you think is the most important takeaway for the kids when they go into? Um, the world of school?
1: I think the biggest thing that they leave us with is mindfulness. And I say that because we take the holistic and whole approach to it. So we don't necessarily teach at the younger age groups. We do in TK and kindergarten about the five food groups and all of that. We more teach about moderation and listening to your body. So teaching them all of that aspect. So when your body is telling you you're full, you're full, how it takes a few minutes for your body to even reach your stomach. And we do experiments about that with little clear tubes and water filled it with seeing how long it takes for the skittle to fall to the bottom and just little things like that to help show them. We do sign language and yoga every day in our program as well and so every morning they're doing yoga and so being able to be mindful and stretch and meditate and having that calming moment before we start our day as well as when we're getting into snack and we really hone in with everything's okay as long as it's in moderation. You're not going to have a Cookie at a birthday party, and I'm I'm one of those moms too. I'm very strict about what enters my house, and very strict about what I serve from my house. But if we're at the per- birthday party and they're serving pizza from Costco and a birthday cake from Vons, so I'm going to let them eat it. So it's more teaching the overall mindfulness of it and knowing okay, everything's fine in moderation. We can have a piece of cake, but we're not all of sudden going to have the ice cream. And so when they leave our program, I feel like And I'm noticing this even just from my oldest, who's going to be graduating this year and entering into a first grade. She really has a good understanding of feeding your body stuff that is healthy and that it is fuel for your body. That food is, yes, you want to enjoy it because the taste is important, but the main goal for food is to fuel your body, just like gas in your car Um, and understanding the mindfulness aspect of it and how that ties in with our yoga and our meditation and just being able Able to be productive and um, learning continuously throughout the day and knowing that you have a snack at this time so that we can be successful in math class and we have lunch and then we have PE so that your belly is full and your mind is prepared for PE and is moving forward with that aspect.
0: yoga meditation health wellness and nutrition I I want to sign up for the school <laughs> I mean I I've always liked <laughs> I'm always like, I'll, I'll sub in today, no problem. <laughs> you know what? So, yoga, meditation, my favorites. And I think that yeah. those are the most important things. And if you're teaching that to the kids. So, I want to tell you that this has been an amazing podcast uh, for me because you have hit on all the pain points. I mean, yep. pretty much all the pain points that I think we all have. So I'm sure if there's an audience, they're going to clap for you. So I'm going to clap for you because yep. I think that you're, you're doing a wonderful job. Um, I, I, I think that if every school had aspects of all of this, like this whole circle, every school, you know, a little bit of yoga, a little, you know, meditation education on food, nutrition, gardening, I think our success would just go, it would plummet. So Mm -hmm. I applaud you. And um, I think that keep doing what you're doing. Do not go back in any capacity. Just keep forward. There is a lot going on where the, the problems... That we have, you know, it's, it's up in Washington, the government, they're trying to change all of the dietary because they're now seeing this big rise in yep. these diseases that affect kids for the, their, their entire life. So I'm glad that you're in this community making a difference. Um, and it was really great, great to meet you. Um, we're going to send you a backpack. Uh, oh, thank you. We're going to send you a backpack from, um, from Rainbow Chefs Academy. And, uh, it has all the little tools for the kids to cook with. So uh, we're going to send that to you. And I want to thank you again. Um, I'd love to be in touch and, uh, yes. periodically, uh, have, uh, interviews like this so we can see where we're going. And, um, again, thanks very much. And, um, God bless you for doing what you're doing and please keep at it because we need all schools to do this. We really do because I think that the impact is going to be extremely successful and it'll be on a bigger scale. I wish there was, you know, something that would guide schools and teachers how to do this and there would be tools that they could use. I wish it was like a universal thing. So I'm hoping that Definitely. it'll happen for all of us soon. And again, thank you so much for your time. It was wonderful to meet you.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure and I loved just being able to speak about it. And thank you so much again for taking the time. Yes. Take care. See you soon. too. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform and on YouTube. Let's work together to create a school environment where every student can thrive while becoming food educated together. We will see you next week on food Ed.